This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We started the show talking about DeMar Hamlin. What else can you talk about? I mean, it's front and center on every sports fan's mind. And to get, you know, a, a little bit of an escape from that, because I know it's, you know, we, we sit here and we wait and hope that we get good news on Hamlin. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Daniel Jones and the Giants and their tremendous season that they have had, clinching a playoff spot with a big win over Indianapolis in Week 17. As of now, Week 18 is scheduled the, the way that it was supposed to be. Giants will be taking on the Eagles. Jets will play their meaningless game against Miami, although Miami still has some mild hope. Um, but the Jets will you know, take on uh, the Dolphins in that game that we were hoping several weeks ago was going to be the game that got flexed to Sunday Night Football. And instead, both those teams have lost five straight games. So... You know, the Yankees, you mentioned Brian. We mentioned Brian Sabian a little bit earlier on um, as well, and I like that move for the Yanks. Now, we've talked about having the Yankees need a new voice with Brian Cashman. Maybe this is that guy where they don't fire Cashman clearly, but they bring in Cash. Uh, they bring in Sabian as a guy who's going to be uh, a voice and help out and, you know, maybe change certain things about the way the Yankees uh, are operating. Obviously, Sabian was here with the Yankees for a long time, from, what, 1985 to about 92, I think, and had a big part in drafting and developing uh, the core four uh, and others. I think it was Pettit and Bernie and Jeter and Moe, Posada. So Sabian has had some success here, maybe coming full circle after 30 years with the Giants and winning three World Series there. I like that addition for the Yankees. Yeah, and we wait on Carlos Correa as well, see what's up with him. Rangers with a big win last night at the Garden against the Hurricanes. The Rangers looked great last night. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Early on, a little shaky, but the Rangers, the energy was great in the building all night long. Shesterkin was money when he had to late. Rangers did a, did a nice job as they have righted their season around where it didn't look so good early on. 877-337-6666. Lane is calling from Valley Stream. What's up, Lane? Oh, hi, Sal. Hi, Lane. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would like to talk about how great the Giants played. Mm-hmm. What I mean, just by watching it in the beginning of this of the game, I thought they weren't going to pull it out, and they did. Why? Why do you think that happened? With the way they they moved the ball around. What happened? 
I was just saying I thought they weren't going to pull it out, and they did. Well, how do you not think I they mean, were going to pull it out? They blew well, them away. Well, I was a little bit shaky about it, nervous, you know, not thinking that like they would pull out, and they did. Yeah, well, they. I mean, you know? they, they they finally won a game, and thank you for the call, Lane. They finally won a game with ease. I mean, they beat the Colts the way that they should beat the Colts. Prior to that, the Giants had not had a win this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, by more than – um, double digits. I think it was eight points where it might have been their biggest margin of victory. And then they went out there in a game where fans were excited to go to the season finale at MetLife with a win and in situation against a crappy Colts team and the Giants beat him every which way and their quarterback, Daniel Jones, played the best game that he has played in the NFL. Now, it was different than some of the games he had maybe in his rookie year where he was throwing the ball deep down the field and making big plays and putting up some bigger numbers. But Jones played his most complete, I thought, best game that he has played in the NFL. And I, I never felt like, I don't, I don't know what why you felt like it wasn't going to happen. I mean, other than a lot of times the obvious doesn't always happen, other than that, like, hey, on any given Sunday, anything can happen. Other than that, I never felt like the Colts were going to threaten in that game or win that game. Giants had that all the way. Max is calling from Wontaw. What's up, Max? How you doing, Sal? Uh, boy, you're handling this really, really well. And the way that I look at it is this. We're all hoping for one thing. Uh, in Jerry Maguire, where um, yeah, he wakes up in the uh, end zone and he claps and he's all, everything is just perfect again. That's what we're all hoping for. Pretty much all right. Just boom, and everything is fine. And uh, yeah, at least, happens. What do you? At, at least some positive news, right, Max? I mean, I feel like we're all refreshing our phones, or waiting, or checking. You know, see the people that are sleeping tonight. They're going to wake up. Is there any update? You know, my wife. Oh, is there any yeah. update on Hamlin? So yeah, we're waiting to hear. <laughs> hey, he's breathing on his own. He's going to be okay. Oh, thank God, that's the case. Yep, just like German. We need you. All righty, I know you have to. We all, we're all sad, but we need you to get mad or angry about something because we need some entertainment. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. man, here's what I'll tell you. Number one, I don't give away locks very often, but I gave you guys all. I gave you all Seattle. Lock of the century. I don't remember Lock hearing from you. Yeah, my guys all bet the Jets. I was well, who'd you call and tell that to? Life. I didn't hear it. Who'd you I call and tell to? Yeah, I, I had a few people. Believe who? Me, on uh, the air? On the air, of course, on the well, air. Well, who name him? Who did I speak to the other day? Uh, who did I speak to the other day at night? I can't think of his name. Was it the... Uh, who was... Uh, was it Emmanuel? Okay. It wasn't... What's his name? Oh, anyway, anyway, all right. Here's the thing. They were a lock of the century, number one. And number two, get mad. Have fun tonight because uh, we need it. And you forgot the well, The most important thing is, well, besides, of course, him getting better, as you mentioned, the Rangers, the world's greatest owner, the world's greatest garden, and the Knicks, the world's yeah, best Yeah, I know, man. Thanks for the call, Max. That's where you're going to lose me. I know you love James Dolan, but, uh, and you're entitled to your opinion on him. And you could think he's a great owner. Uh, I think it, at times it's been proven that he is not. But one thing I've always said about Dolan, you can't knock him for trying. You can question his kindness or his personality or his you know wherewithal the lack thereof uh you know smarts whatever you can't question that he doesn't try he spent and spent and spent as much as he could do with the restrictions that the salary caps have whether it's the Knicks or the Rangers but he has tried to put winners out there for both those teams and at least the Knicks are better than the trash that they've been the majority of the last 20 years but the Rangers have been good and they are a team that can legitimately win the Stanley Cup this year. And I think they showed that again last night with a big win over the Canes. Steve is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Steve? Hey, Sal. Good to talk to you again, man. Um, rough convo dealing with this stuff. I hope Hamlin's all right. I'm from Pittsburgh. I saw him at Pitt. Uh, really interesting story. I mean, gosh, I know we have one of them pull through and it would really change everything if we just pulled through. And it, it's odd to think of this, Sal, but, you know, I, I hope, like, I'm a hockey player, a coach. I cracked a sternum, broke a shoulder. Mm. You know, you just you just wish there was some way. Like, a hockey player seems to almost be in a turtle shell. 
or a NASCAR driver. I know it's an obscure example, but after Dale Earnhardt passed away and other drivers, they had came up with soft wall technology. And if you look at that play, it's, it's not a head, it's not like a typical brutal collision. It's almost like a friendly fire thing to where he got drilled in the chest. You just wish there was more padding, more uh, give and take there. I, I think this is a real big thing. I deal with concussions and little kids or even myself who cracked a sternum. When you get to the hospital, they think you heard a car crash. You're like, no, I was in a hockey game. Right. So I, well, I mentioned before, I mentioned before, you know, hockey can be a physical, violent sport at times as well. Yeah. You're also dealing with skates and sticks and pucks, which could be dangerous. But I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. think there is a clear, like, what's the resolution here? Like, well, how, I think it's a great question. The is to, like, look at those shoulder pads, see where he got hit. And almost like I said, like if you look at a, right, a but they've, ta- player, they've talked about right. it before. Like we, we've right. talked about the pads, and I'm not saying that they couldn't upgrade. I don't know enough about it, but it's not like the right. equipment hasn't been tested or tried to be made safer. You know, this is just a, a, a an unfortunate it circumstance. Is. Like one in two million, or whatever the odds exactly would be. I, I just yeah. it's still yeah. hard to believe that we actually saw it. Now, I do think that. Yeah. Because of the violent nature of the sport, where you could assume, or not assume, but think like that, something like that may happen one day. I'm, I'm sure there's not the first yeah. time anybody thought that that might happen. Now you actually see yeah. it, and it's just it's just sickening when you do. It is. I mean, like, just seeing that, and, you know, you're right about everything, and that's why talk radio is great. Hearing you guys talk about it, the emotion, you know, like, this is a very big moment sports like nothing like this has ever happened so right um i, I know we're all rooting for the same thing and uh just want to thank you for the time sal and uh, g- good to have you on well, thank, thank you steve for the call and i appreciate listening and taking the time to call look i don't i'm not saying that this is going to be the most entertaining show and i know that that's my job to entertain but i don't feel right about going off on a Jets or Giants rant tonight. I don't feel, and I'm just telling you what's in my heart, like what's in my body. I don't feel like going off on a Yankees or a Mets rant. Now, I'm here for you, and if you want to call and talk about it to get your mind off it, I will. I mean, I've done that throughout the course of the show, but I, I just feel like I'm kind of, I know the the other term that's been used is the holding pattern, right? I kind of feel like, we're in a holding pattern as far as sports talk goes. I can't move on in good conscience at this particular point when, especially, you know, I wasn't on yesterday. Maybe it'd be a different story if we did an entire show on Tamar Hamlin yesterday. Then maybe we start to slowly move on from, but even then I just, it's still the, the number one thing on everybody's mind at this point. Just waiting to find out. Every update that has been out there, whether it's from his family, his uncle, whatever, you know, people are hanging on every single word, trying to find out what's going on, what's the latest. And, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a, you know, a significant update anytime soon. Now, I, I don't know that, but it just seems like these type of things, you know, this might be a little a little while here, and by a little while, maybe a couple of days. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to be, but it, you know, we want answers, especially in today's world. We want answers now, right? We wanted them last night. Oh, what's going to happen? That's why we're all hanging on, watching ESPN all night long, seeing if we're going to get any kind of update. That's why you're refreshing your phone, seeing if you're going to get any kind of update. And. Unfortunately, you know, no updates to be had. And then today, like we said, you heard the the memo from the family or we got word of cardiac arrest. But as far as his current condition, he's still in critical condition. It just sucks, man. You, you feel so badly for Hamlin and his family who, you know, we're from afar. And think about how, and I know social media sucks and I hate it and it's a lot of negativity, but... Think of all the money that has been donated to the charity that Hamlin had, where he had a goal of, I think, 2500 and it's gone over millions now. And maybe social media actually used for good, where people came together and were able to find out about the charity 
and donate. But think about how this situation has touched us from afar to where, I mean, did you even hear of DeMar Hamlin prior to Monday night? I can't say that I did. I mean, obviously, maybe you watch, you know, you watch a game and you see him out there, but you don't really give it much thought. I would say the majority of the outpour is coming from people who never heard of DeMar Hamlin before. Now, imagine how we feel about it on the outside and then put yourself in his family's shoes. His poor mother there to watch her son play a big game, biggest game of his career, Monday Night Football. And to have that happen, it's chilling. Ah, terrible. And you just, like you said, you we, I mean, like we've been saying all along, you hope and pray that everything's all right. And I think it would be a, a great thing for the sports world or society, even beyond, however far this is reaching now, which I do think it's going to get to the point where it goes far beyond even sports, and it's obviously bigger than sports itself. It is a matter of life and death. But, man, if he could ever come out of this, this would be, it would be great. But we don't know. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Get back to your calls in a second. You know, Fleegs and I were on the morning show last week. And how did it even happen, Fleegs? I don't know. But Fleegs booked Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, if you don't know who he is, you're not alone. I had no idea who he was either until Jerry and Fleegs let me know that he's like the smartest man on earth. And how did it come about, Fleegs? I, I don't even remember how it happened. Jerry mentioned it, I guess because he just listened to him on a podcast or read the book. Jerry was rereading the book, and he mentioned him. You said you didn't know who he was. We joked about it. Mm -hmm. And a guy called in, Jeff in Randolph, New Jersey, called in and said, hey, I'm a longtime friend of Neil's. We we grew up together in the Bronx. Uh, If you guys are actually interested, I could make the connection, see if he'd be willing to come on. So he did. He texted him right away. And then he sent me the screenshot of the text and you know emailed this person. So I did. We got the ball rolling. And then Friday at 8, you guys had Neil on. Unbelievable. And and he was turned out to be great. And he's uh, you know an astrophysicist or whatever it is that his technical term, very scientific. We had some fun with him. Uh, Jerry was, like, nervous. I mean, this is like Jerry's, oh, you know, it would be like me with. It's like you getting Eminem on the show. Yeah, right, exactly. Me with Letterman or Eminem or the Sandman, whatever. Um, and even then, I don't know if I would uh, embarrass myself like Jerry did. No, I'm just kidding. But Jerry, you could tell he was nervous. He had a, a list of things to get to, but we didn't hardly get to any of it. Anyway, the one thing that I was thinking about driving home was how jealous all my science teachers in junior high or high school would be were little old me who couldn't give a crap less about their science class where I was writing in my notebooks, you know, signing my name or writing out Mets lineups or Falcons rosters, whatever it may be. And they were trying to get me to pay attention to earth science or chemistry. I don't even think I made it to chemistry. All those teachers who didn't think I was good enough. I I bet you they would have liked to talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson. And yet here I am interviewing him. Oh, that made me feel great. Look at me now. Look Look at at me me now. now. Yeah. I told you, Mr. Gluck, you want to fail me? Huh? You didn't think I could hack it? You're talking about Borophil. And I'm interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson. And not only did you interview him, you asked a question that he loved. And thought it was a fantastic question. He said, that's a great question. I think I got an A-plus in that interview. Forget those science grades. What what was the level? Do you remember it it went, what, like earth science and then chemistry and then something else? Where I went to high school, it went biology first, then chemistry, then physics. Okay, so I think I did biology and I might have tried chemistry, but no good. I was like, I'm out after this. 
And the science was never a thing. I watch with my eyes. I don't need the numbers. I'm not an analytic guy. I don't need science. I don't want to hear about, although, I mean, looking back on it, you know, it's probably some cool stuff that I could have learned, but it just wasn't my subject. Come to think of it, I don't really, I didn't really have a subject. If I had to pick one, maybe English, because I'm like, oh, all I got to do is talk. All right, I think I can handle that. But how cool is that? I love it. Now, odds are a lot of the teachers that I had for science weren't exactly listening to the fan morning show or the fan period. But you never know. You need to get that pushed in a local paper because a teacher might pick that up and you know see Sal Licata on affiliate for Boomer G on WFAN, full-time host that is Sal Licata, right. interviews Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I got to send that over to Connecticut High School. Let them know about it. Former student of ours. Yeah, that's right. Interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> he was great, too. He was fun. Seemed like a nice guy. I, I talked to him off the air. He seemed to genuinely enjoy talking to you guys. That was fun. And he liked at the end getting in the sports science stuff. He was talking about the field goal and the joke about how the gods helped it. And you were like, see, Jerry, yeah, Jerry I told, told you about the sports <laughs> gods. And then uh, he's a big Yankees fan. So, you know, happy Aaron Judge is back and talking about the lineup construction. You know, I wonder what he thought today reading that Brian uh, Sabian is hired by the Yankees, because he's kind of a numbers guy and kind of an analytics guy, but is he like us? Ah, you know what? It's good to have a blend. A good to have, uh, have the balance. Yeah, Sabian a little bit of the opposite, which is why I think that that's a good hire there. Anyway, it was fun. It's funny, though. It reminds you, anybody who really grows up here, at some point, like there, there's going to be some kind of tie to the baseball teams. Like No matter what you do, if you grew up here, you're yeah. going to have a passion, even if it's buried deep down for one of, for one of these baseball teams. Yeah, I mean, it could even be and the he Dodgers. He grew up in the Bronx, so yeah, could he's going to be a Yankees fan. Could be the Dodgers or Giants. Obviously, the Mets are Yankees, but yeah, there's no doubt about it. This is a baseball town, and will at least be uh, for the foreseeable future, especially with the way the Mets and Yankees Even if you're the most no, uh, notorious and famed astrophysicist in the world, you're, you're still flipping like, over the Yankee game at night. You still like baseball. Whether it's TV or listening to John and Susan, you still want to know what's going on with the Bronx Bombers. Tremendous. I love it. 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from Lacey. What's up, Steve? Back in the saddle again. Steve, where have you been? I haven't, heard, you? I haven't heard the soothing sounds of Steve and Lacey in a while. I was going to say, we're both back in the saddle again. You after two weeks, me after a little longer. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear from you. How's, how are things? Yeah. Uh, not too bad, Sal. It's a somber, you know, somber show, and I, I'd like to give you a shout out on, on the way you handle and uh, Hamlin, and you know, my prayers out to the young man. Hopefully, he can walk out of that hospital and uh, his family. Um, Boy, that would be something, yeah, wouldn't it? I, I just you you nailed it. It's just you just it's just everyone's it's on everyone's mind. It's just 24 years old. He's a kid. He's a baby. So um, I'm really, like you, I'm checking for updates throughout the night, the day. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, all prayers out and up for Hamlin and his family. And, uh, yeah, I just want to take a quick second to um, say you've been handling it perfect, Sal. So kudos to you, well, my brother. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, first of all, I appreciate that. I don't think I'm handling like I'm not, I'm just, I'm just being me. That's the only thing I could do in this world. Somewhat uh, okay is be myself. So I'm being honest with you on how I feel. I don't feel right tonight coming on and talking right. about the Rangers' big win over the Hurricanes. Like I said, I will if somebody wants to call and talk about it. I love providing right. an escape, and I certainly can discuss things. I just personally can't go on a 15 minute tangent about the Jets' quarterback situation or the Giants and Daniel Jones. There'll be plenty of time to do that. I don't feel right. right tonight doing that where, you know, DeMar Hamlin is at the forefront of, of my mind. Right, and he's on a ventilator and his kid's fighting for his life. Yeah, right. Exactly, right. So, um, yeah, I won't, uh, I just wanted to take time. It's been, like you said, I haven't been around for a little while, but all's good in uh, overnights now. I'm back on uh, overnight. Well, what's going on? Where you been? Oh, you were off the overnight schedule yeah. for a while. Yeah, sure, working, yeah, working a little different hours. And, Look so, at you, yeah. moving on up in the world. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if it's moving on up, but I'm moving somewhere. <laughs> as, as long as I'm taking baby steps forward. So, yeah, yeah I just want to wish you and your, the missus and the baby and Maddox a happy new year. And I'm just going to sum it up. I won't go into much. I mean, I can, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk in the Jets. But I told Fleegs, and this, this kind of sums up 
The Jets are always looking for their next former quarterback. So right. hopefully that makes sense. And it's Mike White is a QB too. And that's it. We got, I mean, I'm not going to blame him or anyone else. We've come too far with the Jets and for me to blame or start throwing blame darts around. And But uh, I was looking at DC. If Carr, you know, I was looking at some of the stats. And if I don't think Carr is going to come here, some people would like to give him a shot. Some wouldn't. But if I was adding up the stats, and if Derek Carr ever did come here, I sent Fleegs a picture of my far jersey with Carr on the back on a piece of paper. Oh, and, God. Uh, you don't yeah. want Carr. We talked no. about this. We talked about this last week, Steve. You don't want And thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. I, I miss those intro songs that used to come with. I forgot about them. Nice to have them back. You don't want Carr. We talked about it last week, how I thought Carr is highly overrated and I would want no part of him. And then you watch what Jared Stidham did with the Raiders in his first start, where everybody was knocking Josh McDaniels. Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. And, you know, for whatever reason, contract reasons and financial reasons, and maybe just wanting to, I don't know, evaluate a potential franchise quarterback moving forward, McDaniels makes the call to go with Stidham, and he goes out there and plays better than Derek Carr has ever played in one game against an incredible defense. And that's the guy Jeff fans want to go get? You're not going to want to hear this, but I don't care. This is how I feel. I believe this. The Jets' best-case scenario, well, maybe not the best-case scenario, but the way that I would handle it if I'm the Jets next year is I still want to salvage Zach Wilson or try to salvage whatever I could from Zach Wilson. I think the best way to do that is to go get Matt Ryan. Now, I'm going to assume the Colts are going to cut Matt Ryan. This is not, you know, you're not taking him on and paying $30 million a year or whatever his contract would be because I still think he's got more time left on that contract. Ryan's 37 now. I think he'll be 38 in June, something like that. What I would do is go get Matt Ryan, assuming he's available via free agency. Get him, make him, well, you could have them compete if you want, but I would make Ryan the starter to start the season. And remember, you'd have Matt Ryan, all training camp, all that, to to help mentor Zach Wilson, because there is no better mentor out there right now than Matt Ryan. I guarantee you he'd be the best thing to ever happen to Zach Wilson. I guarantee it. It's not even a doubt. And also remember, Matt Ryan won an MVP in 2016 in what offense? Okay, I'll let you know. Kyle Shanahan's offense when he was then offensive coordinator with the Falcons. He moved on the year after to become the head coach of the 49ers. Do you know whose offense is the same as that? Michael Floor. Matt Ryan won an MVP in this offense. So he knows the offense. He's on the way out. This is not, I'm not talking about two years or even one full year. I think the perfect scenario for the Jets would be to have Ryan start the year and eventually transition to Zach Wilson. That might be the only way that they could potentially save Zach Wilson. That's what I would do, especially if you're talking about Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like These are the guys are going to roll out there, and you think that that's going to be the answer? I'd rather take my chances on Wilson potentially being that guy, and the way to get the most out of him would be to bring in Ryan. I'm not bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, I think Matt Ryan's better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now, even at his age right now. And maybe even more so specifically in this offense. Trust me. You want to save Zach Wilson? Now, I know a lot of you don't. You don't care. You think he's gone. And that might be true. But I would want to value and protect that asset that I picked. Now, I didn't. They did. But if I'm them, if I'm Joe Douglas, I want to make sure I get the most out of Zach Wilson. Because he might be the one guy that can change things for this franchise. You talk about the Jets not being able to have a franchise quarterback. Well, 
it's impossible to properly evaluate one after every year. Two years of Wilson, what have we really seen? And I'm not worried even about Geno Smith, what he did years later, or Sam Darnold. I know Robert Sala alluded to that yesterday. I think Daniel Jones is a decent example. In year two, if you were evaluating Daniel Jones after that, wouldn't have been very good. After year four, a little bit of a different story, no? My plan would be Matt Ryan, he's the starter, and eventually transition to Wilson when he's ready to take over. And Ryan would obviously come here with the understanding that he's here to mentor Zach Wilson. And look, you want to have them compete? I'm fine with that too, but I want Ryan on the roster because I believe he can help get the most out of Zach Wilson, and I believe he'd be great in this offense, assuming they get, you know, Vera, Tuff, uh, Vera Tucker back and have that offensive line protecting the quarterback and obviously being able to run the football a little bit. That's what I would do. Derek Carr, no thank you. He's failed in with the Raiders, Oakland, Vegas, wherever. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. It kind of feels weird, too, specifically talking about the Week 18 schedule. I mean, I know as of now there haven't been any changes made, but there is a possibility, I would think, that changes could be made to the Week 18 schedule. And you can't look ahead right now, I don't think, to... You could talk about what the Giants have done and their accomplishments and the Jets and the quarterback situation and all that, but I don't think you could look ahead to the playoff scenarios and all that at this particular point when we're all still kind of waiting on DeMar Hamlin and hoping to get a positive update on him. And then maybe it makes it a little bit easier to where you can move on and start thinking about football and things that matter a lot less than the life and death situation that Hamlin is in. So I I don't even feel right discussing that. I mean, there are obviously big games ahead in week 18, assuming that the games do get played. If they don't, it's going to be, chaotic to figure out how and when the NFL is going to make these games up. You know, the postseason is here. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, not this weekend, but but next. You're supposed to have – those are the two best weekends in sports. Uh, you know, I'm not huge into the college basketball. I get into March Madness, and I like it, but I'm not huge into, uh, into the college basketball. I don't think that there's a better weekend or better weekends than wild card weekend and the divisional round. And they've gotten even better with the added game. So you have the the, the added games on uh, you know, the wild card round, how they work it on the Monday, the extra game on the Saturday, I think it is. Right? Three Saturday, what, two, two Sunday, one Monday night. Man, uh, just you love it. 
But right now, all of that is kind of in a state of flux as we await any kind of hopefully positive update from DeMar Hamlin and just the unthinkable situation that he's in after, you know, the scene in Cincinnati on Monday night. Gary is calling from Mayapec. What's up, Gary? Hey, Sal. How are you, buddy? I wish you were on the air like a week ago. I had a lot of Jet stuff to talk to you about. Oh, you could get get to it. We got time, man. You could get to the Jet stuff tonight. Well, you know, with the Jets, we're talking still about Wilson. This team has so many more problems and bigger problems than just Zach Wilson. We showed that in this last game. You and I share a brain when it came to the Jets defense. We've been saying that overrated forever. They've been playing horribly. When you look at the way this team is finishing the season, and again, I feel bad talking about heads got a roll. But this team is going to lose seven at a at last eight or six out of seven or something like that to end the season. Uh, we were in a perfect position to make the playoffs and end the drought. That's almost embarrassing at this point. Um, and- well, I, w- I wouldn't say it's surprising, though, with the way things were going, especially if you were like me, and I know that we were in agreement where I thought the defense – was overrated. I mean, and you look at what they've done, you're right. I mean, going back to the two New England games, one, two, they seven of nine games, depending on what happens this final week in Miami. It has not been very good for the Jets, but I, what do you mean heads got to roll? You're gonna, you want Salah out? Yeah, I want Salah out. The way they showed up on a nationally televised Thursday night game, the way they came out against Seattle, that is unacceptable. Everyone was comparing this guy to Rex. He's gun-ho. He looks lost on the sideline. When things aren't going well, you know, he you can't even compare him to Rex. And I know Joe Beningo was on this week with uh, the afternoon mm-hmm. show, and, he, and Rex's name came up. And, you know, I, I don't think it's such a bad idea bringing a guy like that back. See, that this, is the the problem, this is the problem the Jets and their fans have. They want – if you don't have immediate success – you want change. It is year two. Now, I'm not saying I'm a big Robert Sala guy. I actually like, I think Sala's got a lot of the qualifications that I would look for in a head coach. However, the one thing that I feel is lacking could be the X's and O's, especially on the offensive side. That's a problem in today's NFL. So he 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 looks like he commands respect. There's a presence there from, from Robert Sala on the sideline. I think he handles the media extremely well. There are a lot of boxes that I check with Robert Sala, but it's way too early to make that decision after two years. Come on, Gary. Yeah, but here's the guy, Sal. Again, we are going to end the season possibly losing seven games in a row or six out of seven, and he totally botched this Zach Wilson quarterback. He made it a controversy. He never... He was so wishy-washy. There's still plans for Zach. There's not plans for Zach. Mike White's going to end the season. You think Mike White deserves to be on the field on Sunday after the way he played? And I think he might have been hurt or he couldn't get used to the flat jacket. But you need to go with Zach Wilson now to give him a little more playing time. I would not. I, me, I would not. As much as I want to see Wilson, I, I'm shutting Wilson down for the year. Mike White would be – assuming Mike White is healthy – if he's not, that's a different story. If Mike White is healthy, and I would assume he is going to be healthy enough to go if he played last week, if Mike White is healthy, he's going to be my guy. There's a reason that Mike For White this game. was not the backup. There's a reason he didn't come out of camp as the backup, Sal. I don't think he showed them anything. In yeah, I know. I, I get it. And everybody was saying they didn't want uh, Mike White to start because they thought he was going to be better than Zach Wilson. I, I, I still don't believe that. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that they would actually do that. Look, you. I mean, there's a reason why Mike White is what he is. He's been a backup his whole career. It's nice to see him have some success. Nice to see him get an opportunity. I don't believe Mike White, and, and I don't really think the majority of Jeff fans ever thought he was the answer. I think maybe they hoped that he was the answer. What happened? Oh, I, I thought that maybe they thought he could uh, be the answer, Mike White, or they hoped he could be the answer. But realistically, you know what his deal is. Right, right. He's a backup. He's a backup quarterback, and he, you know, and you don't want to judge him off of one game, but you know, uh, and and maybe he was hurt to your point. But he's a backup quarterback. That's it. But I would give him the start this week. Go ahead. What else you got? You can't go forward. If I could touch on 
the the Mets for a second, and then the Rangers. We got to talk about the Rangers. Sal, our season was done, and what well, this has been an insane turnaround. Uh, Capo Caco looks tremendous. Mm-hmm. I told you I liked him better than Lafreniere last year. We were talking about it. I don't know about you yeah. specifically, but I was saying it that if I had to pick one of those young guys to be a stud, Capo Caco was it, and he is turning into a player. Yes, yes. He, he assist wise now, he's got poise, he's got strength. You can't budge him off the puck. But uh, we needed this. I almost feel like like I'm the jinx because they were playing horribly. I haven't gone to a game in a while because December with you know my job, mm-hmm. I can't get off. Uh, but I'm going back. I got like three games coming up in the next uh, out of the next five. I can't wait to get back to the guard. Hopefully, you can get there too. But they've really turned this season around. And just one thing with the Mets in your circles, with the baseball shows and the people you know, what are you hearing about this Carlos Correa? Are they going to, like, downsize this deal, cut it in half, six years? You know, I, I, don't, I haven't heard any specifics, Gary, and thank you for the call. Always good to hear from you. And you're right, you got to be pumped up about the Rangers. What a turnaround, a great turnaround they have had. I have not, I mean, I'm going based off of stuff that I've read, and, you know, Rosenthal had the latest report, Ken Rosenthal, The Athletic, that the deal would be significantly different from what it was as far as the size. The, the words was dramatically different. Um, it's expected to get done between Correa and the Mets, but a deal would be dramatically different. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case, and I'm just going based off reports. I feel pretty confident in saying that I believe Correa is going to be a Met. I think both sides want that. And I don't think the Mets would have any issue paying him the deal that they agreed to if they felt he was healthy enough. But long-term, they don't believe that that leg is a good investment, would be the way that I'd put it. But I still feel like, yeah, and Rosenthal reported, I still feel like a deal is going to get done with them. What that looks like, I don't know. I mean, maybe they give him a much higher AAV to where they could get that money somewhere close to what it was. I, I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe it's a five- or six-year deal, but, you know, $40 million a year. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that much. What would the math, let's see, be on that? What was the initial deal? It was... Three, I forget what the hell it was. Twelve years over three hundred. I know that. Um, but let's see what the math would be. Forty times six. Let's say, and maybe he gets two fifty. Seven years, thirty-five a year. Sorry, I had a sneeze right there. Maybe he get, that would be 35 a year, 35 times 7, 245, maybe something like that. I'm not sure what the doctors are looking at saying that, oh, yeah, well, you know what? The ankle is good right now and should be for the next five, six years. But after that, look out. Maybe it is a long-term deal still, but with provisions. Either way, what's the difference? What do you care how much it's for as long as it gets done? Paul is calling from North Arlington. What's up, Paul? What's going on, Sal? Long time listener, man. I used to listen to you on my way to UPS at like 3 a.m. in the morning. But, <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, um, all right, I have two points. One that you just talked about, um, but my first point is, how do you think is that I'm just funny with the Yankees, what's his name, Brian Sabin? Mm-hmm. Sabian. How do you think that uh, affects Brian Cashman's job with him making executive decisions? And number two, um, I, I feel bad for the NFL player that collapsed in the field. Yeah, DeMar, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Hamlin. I feel really bad for him. But at the same time, the NFL is the only sport that stops the game and suspends the game after something like that happens. Well, what do you Compared mean? To- what, would you, what are you saying? No, I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I feel really bad for the kid and everything like that. And I understand the player's mentality of stopping the game because the player's now mental thoughts are in another place. But you've also had that happen in other pro sports, such as the NHL, where players have collapsed on the bench, on the ice, and they don't stop the game. Like, they stop the game, the player gets stretched off, and the game continues, which I get. But at the end of the day, 
it's also we're talking about somebody's life here and how others. Well, I don't, I don't know the specific incident. You know, I mean, you've seen an NHL game where somebody had to have CPR administered, and they and they continued on. Uh, the NHL game stopped. They stretcher them off the ice. No, stretcher's different, though, than what happened. And thank you for the call, Paul. We're not talking about just a stretcher. We've seen that before in other sports. What happened? You remember Marco with Reggie Lewis? When he dropped on the court. Yeah, right. Didn't he? And there was a heart issue there. He, uh, yeah. I don't know if he he didn't die on the no. court, did he? No. Okay, right. No. So, but, I mean, did we cancel the game? I mean, I, you know. I don't remember. The only one that I can remember that's anywhere close to this was the Euro Cup a few years ago with, uh, I want to say it was Christian Eriksen of England. I remember watching that live. They had to admit it. New soccer fan? Yeah, Euro Cup, World Cup. Oh, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Team Italia all the way? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. look at you. Yeah, I grew up with it. That's that's the only thing my father ever really got. Really? Oh, his life is soccer. Football. Yeah, he grew up in Italy. That's yeah. And when he came here, he played until he was like sixty years old. He had to basically take him off the field. Wow, you know, he coached it day. for like forty years. Yeah, I remember when when Italy lost in the nineteen ninety World Cup. He didn't speak for like three months. Wow. Um, All right, so I don't. Anyway, I'm not familiar. with Sorry, this. just joking. Yeah. Um, but no, but when Erickson obviously that was a serious situation. They actually administered CPR on the field. It was the first time I ever saw it, and I was watching it, and I was like everybody else, dumbfounded. And they didn't make that little like you know cocoon if you will around the play right there was video on for it we saw it we watched it and it was scary because you were like what, what ha-? he just dropped and it was similar in that regard they did administer cpr he did if memory serves move a bit he was on the stretcher when they finally removed and they put like a sheet over him but he was moving a bit they had resuscitated him on the field i, I want to say they stopped the game for a little over an hour maybe about an hour and a half and then the players decided after they had heard that Erickson had said he's okay because okay. he was okay and revived in like the, I want to say in the ambulance, the players made the decision. We're getting back on the field. We want to play this game. We want to finish it for Erickson. And I think that would have happened Monday night if they found out that Hamlin was okay. That's the biggest difference here, that Erickson was revived on the field. And at that point, again, this is all memory, so someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say he was able to have some sort of communication to whoever it was in the ambulance. And by the time he got to the hospital, this is a different situation with him. They didn't know when he left the field, you could tell the look on the players' faces. Again, for me watching Mm -hmm. video, they didn't know. They knew that they had administered CPR, but they didn't know exactly what was going on because they didn't get any sign from him. Yeah. I'm all right, guys. We're good to go. We're okay. Right. Thumbs up. Or yeah, something. yeah right. right. Don't worry about. It. We'll be okay. And again, I feel like the England, the English players, they got that report that they needed from Erickson, and then it was a different mindset. And they flipped to, oh man, he's okay. Let's go get it for our guy. And then after the game was over, there were all those shots at him in the hospital with his teammates, and it was different. Right. And it was different. He's actually now back on the field. He's playing yeah, again. And all that. Even like it's different. Saying, with the NHL or whatever sport, we've seen stretchers be carried out. Like we've seen that plenty of times before. Yeah. Not, like I don't. This is different. I, again, and it's not to be crashed, but like we saw like Chase Utley and Dennis Bird. Like we watched all this stuff when they got taken off the field, and you got the thumbs up from Chase Utley. Like mm-hmm. you, you remember? I, I remember it was chilling, but you got the feel that it was kind of like, oh, he'll be okay. And then you find out later that he wasn't because he was paralyzed, but he was alive. Like there is, there is a major difference with as bad as it is with the injury as opposed to life and death these right. are different things to, right you know like that's the key here is that this is anybody who watched it or is understanding of what was going on you knew it was a matter of life and death i think it was van pelt who said that it might have been uh joe buck though one of them said that during the broadcast last night and i was like I- i've never heard it in in that way. You've always said, well, it's not a matter of life and death. Right. How many times throughout your life have you heard, oh, it's not a matter of life and death? Th- that's how you hear it the majority of the time. This time it was a matter of life and death. Which, when you hear it like that, it's... Yeah, again, it shuts down everything. Like, what, what is there to discuss here after this point? Like, that now there's nothing. Like, let's make make sure... Now it's a matter of life and death, so let's find out. You know, like, that's make what we sure need to okay. know. Right. That's, that's, that's what it all was. That's what changed everything. And again, you... You want to know, just look at the the faces of the players on the field. I mean, you could tell they were talking to each other. You know, when they're shaking their head and they're crying and they're looking around, like they were worried that they lost their brother and they didn't know. And I think it goes without saying, which is why people are are, are such morons on Twitter. Like, oh, how could the NFL continue this or just cancel the game right now? Like, 
relax. They're going to cancel the game. They're not going to play the game here. I don't think that there was a need to freak out and say that, oh, within your time frame, they had to let you know that they're going to cancel. They're trying to figure out what the hell is going on here with this player. I mean, obviously, they were not going to go back and play that game again. So, I, you know, they were trying to find out the severity of, of the issue. Again, unfortunately, and once you get into social media, you yeah. get into that cesspool of, you know, everything's got to be this and that. Like, just sometimes you just, can you just breathe for a second? Right. Can we just, can we just get a little bit of clarity? Like, I, I know we'll make that decision in a minute. Can we just do you know, Right, exactly. You're going to rip Goodell in the NFL. Like, yeah, like, you could rip them for a lot of different things. What, because you are assuming they're going to come back and play the game? Come on, they're not going to do that in that circumstance. And, and again, if they, and they were saying go back and play the game, then they deserve to be ripped. But we don't, right, we but don't, we let don't know play that. Out. That's what I mean. Like just, sometimes you just, just let the situation so breathe for a pounce. second and, and try to figure it out. Now, again, if oh, that this was— this is ridiculous. The same thing by all the other morons who are looking for attention on Twitter, which, by the way, in that spot, you shouldn't even be looking to tweet. Anything other than thoughts and prayers with DeMar Hamlin— Come on, stay away from the Twitter at that particular moment. But yet everybody, everybody's following everybody else. Oh, oh, this is ridiculous. How could the NFL, is the NFL serious? How could they not cancel this game already? Relax. They're going to. Goodness. I hate to say it, but you learn a lot about people in situations where everything is kind of I don't know, pressurized or whatever you want to. Mm. Situations like this, when you look at some of the, the tweets that are out there, look at the, I hate to say it, but look at the hashtags. Look at all, look at the, I want attention as opposed oh, to what God. the situation actually is. Well, that's why and I you find even... out a lot about people right. and their, their priorities and, and really what their motives are. You're exactly right. It's like, I don't even want to say, like, obviously my thoughts and prayers are with uh, them. I think that that should go without saying. Right. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, and again, I'm not the biggest tweeter on the planet right. by any stretch, but like, I didn't feel the need. I'm watching it. Like I said, I, I said right. I'm not. I was in tears on my couch watching this whole situation unfold for hours to the point where I was like almost telling myself, "You've got to turn the TV off. Yeah. You're not going to get any information and new information. You want it? You're not going to get it. We'll find out tomorrow." To me, do I have to hashtag Hamlin on this so that yeah. I can get? You know yeah. somebody's attention, or somebody can get me. Yeah, more what, you know, what could this is? followers? I like, just, stop! Like, I, to me, again, it shows me your motives of what type of person you are at that point. His, but uh, you know, his PR guy too, I thought was in poor taste trying to come out with, a, with an update. I last saw night. that. Yeah, again, I look. I know where. If you're trying to put people's mind at ease, I understand. But again, it still feels like a. Hey, look! Look I, at me! I'm, a, I'm, I'm his a friend. friend. I'm his friend and marketing. The, the, I'm the source. Uh, like, yeah. come on, dude. No, it should come from his family, and and that's that. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.